Welcome to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 199 here, auspicious number, and Altai here, joined this week by... Remo. Altai, were you a conductor in your past life? Maybe I was, you know, they say you don't keep your memories, but um, I can, my muscle memory is still there. Yeah, it's, it's implanted in your soul or something, because every week you do the thing with your hands. How can you not, when you got that pl- rousing music playing, you know? When you have the official MMOs.com track playing, you know, composed, edited, created by the MMOs.com sound team, right? We It's original track, right? Totally not stolen from some random game that shut down. Yeah, maybe it's my calling to be a conductor. What do they call it? Is that yeah. what they call it? Conductor? Yeah. Yeah, conductor. Yeah, the person with the stick. I, feel, I always feel like, real, I feel like the conductor guy, he gets like all the credit and he doesn't do shit. Like everyone's playing their instruments, you know, they're all doing their spiel. And he's moving some stick around. Everyone's like, and he's in the front. That guy's in the front. Like, everyone else is, come on. It's such an alpha power play. He's like, he looks at like one section, right? Like, like the, the drums. He's mm-hmm. like, then he looks at the other side. And then they all have to do like, as if they're doing what they're doing anyway. Right? He's just kind yeah. of wagging it. I feel like most of them, they don't even like pay attention to that. They do their own thing anyway. You know, like it, it, I, that guy gets all the credit. He gets all the credit. I don't know. And something feels off about this. I feel like, I don't know. There'll be like a story one day where like the entire orchestra just like beats this guy up or something for taking all the credit one day. I don't know. Something feels odd about it. I'm telling you. Anyway, anyway, I got I, I got a fun story to start with the week by uh, Altai. Let's hear it. Have you seen? Okay, so I know Cash should link this out earlier in the chat actually, and I saw it for the first time earlier today. Uh, take a look at the Steam profile. Have you seen the Steam profile before? Have I seen this Steam profile? Let's yeah, see. let's check out the Steam profile together. Sweetheart Yuki Yukio. It, okay, this is a lot going on here. Uh, passion token level two hundred seventy-four. HRH Prince Abdullah bin Salman bin Abdullah Aziz Al Swad. I don't is that I don't think it's really him. Obviously, it, it is. What? He's a billionaire. Uh, he's a big fan of anime. And he's a big gamer. It's a public. If you look at his Wikipedia page, actually, it links to this uh list this page. What? This is a this is a billionaire Saudi prince. If you read his more info page, he talks about how his family owns uh. You know, the Ritz-Carlton in Riyadh, as well as the, the tallest building in the world, the Jeddah Tower. And they spent over $20 billion on the project. What is, go- wait, what is this? This is real. So, you know, if, you, if, if you're friends with the guy on Steam, you know, you can just, he's playing, he was playing Dota 2 earlier as the podcast started. He had a level 5 honeypot badge too. Wow. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this Wikipedia page. Isn't it interesting though? Like, it, it, you know, like billionaires and like princes and kings. They're they're normal people. They're just too, like you know? us. <laughs> Listen, they fapped the lolly porn too. It's not yeah. just Remo. All right. It's not just Remo. It's we we all do it, right? Huh? We, <laughs> they're all, you know, doing the same shit we do. They're all weaves. Yeah. Osama bin Laden just played techies, all right? He main techies. Ooh, he mains techies. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I like I like his I like the Steam profile. There's a lot of uh, like these hearts he had organized over here. It's 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 impressive. He makes more than that kid. You're right. True. Big true. I, I, when I first saw him, like, there's no way this is actually him, right? And I, you look at the, the Wikipedia page, and yeah, it's you know, right, guys, he's got a public Steam profile. The house of Saud is collapsing. Okay? It's over. It's over. The weebs are, the weebs the, are going to take it yeah, over. They've, they've, been, it, right? they've infiltrated. You know, they're, they're, this is a sign of their uh, masculinity declining. All right? Then in, in the Middle East, you need to be strong, all right? You got to like do some camel hunting or something or like spear throwing. Okay? Can't have any of the Steam Dota 2 stuff going on. Yeah, can't have anime waifus on your Steam page. Nope. She's got the he's got the waifu from uh, what's the anime called? Your Lion April, right? Is that her? This I can't the, tell. I don't know what's going on. We both watched that together. I'm pretty sure it's her. I'll, I'll take your word for it. All right. I don't know what's it's going on. It's a really good intro. It is it's very really interesting intro. though. This is a very interesting mm-hmm. Steam profile. I gotta I gotta say. Oh, this one when you scroll down. Okay. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely with, yeah. the, with the violin. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Honest, honestly, time. Have you, have you ever fapped to her? To this violin girl? I have not. Yeah. No. All right, I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> take that as a yes, but you're too ashamed to admit it. All right, I'll, take it. I'll be on the spot here. What is your most shameful fap? Go. Uh, I'll save that one for post-game. Okay, okay a little, that's a post-game. A little post-game. early in the show um, to start all right, veering all right, that direction. All right, all right. Let's, take let's, it away, Altai. Let's reel it back a little. Let's reel it back a little. Reel it back. Getting out of control. We have some great news, uh, interesting news. Bless Online has shut down. We announced it a while back, but I think yesterday was the date. It is now gone. And uh, it will be missed. It was a very short-lived experience, um, but now it's gone. It's not gonna be. It was. It was not. It is not gonna be missed. That game was a scam. All right. Press F, please. 
Press, there's no F in the chat for this. There's, there's an F U in the chat, maybe. This game was a complete and utter scam, all right? They launched it as a buy-to-play game. They promised it was going to be, you know, fixed from the shitty Russian version and the Korean version, which is a lag fest. They didn't fix shit. It was just as laggy. Unreal Engine 3, awful. Launches buy-to-play. And then after, like, a couple... I think after a couple months, they went free-to-play because they realized everybody quit. And then they shut down, I think, just now. The game is a complete scam. The, the console version is, uh, I think, in closed beta now. And I recommend staying away from that one as well. You know, Neo is... Not, not, not that Bless really had a lot of goodwill, but whatever little goodwill they had is, is gone. I'm, I'm not even sure why they make the console version. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the most uh, negative things I've seen on Steam. All reviews, mostly negative, 10,000. Steam mm-hmm. DB rating, 39%. It is not looking good. And Yeah, I think it it was, did, yeah. they buried this because they didn't want it to interfere with their new launch of Bless Unleashed, which mm-hmm. I think Bandai is making a huge mistake by partnering with Neowiz. I think it's just, these are big companies, and just they, I don't think they're aware of the reputation that they're, you know, kind of tying themselves to with NeoWiz. So it's a big mistake uh, I think uh, Bandai Namco is making here. Yeah, I, like you said, I don't think they really know about this because if you look at Bandai Namco, they've had a lot of success recently with their mobile games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, I'm pretty sure their stock price is all-time high. I think they're traded in, uh, in, in Japan or Korea. I forgot. I remember looking up their stock price earlier. And they're, they're near an all-time high. They're doing really well. And they, they want to, like, branch off into different like, areas. And I, I think NeoWiz has presented Bless them as, like, oh, this hyped game. And they knew a console, you know, console and more is slowly becoming a thing over here too. So they they just threw their money behind this, hoping it would stick. Uh, like there's there's nobody at Bandai Namco doing any kind of real work, any kind of you know due diligence on this process because it's such a small amount of money for them. And uh, someone mentioned how much uh, Bless on spent on Bless Online. And I know you made that blog post a while back that's still, you know, very heavily visited. The most expensive MMORPG yeah. project of all time. And uh, Bless, I believe, is on that list. Is it really? I think it is. Yeah, uh, Bless. I mean. Uh, Sixty-one okay. million dollars in development, and that was when you put it up, you know, years ago. Uh, since then, they've obviously localized it in many other languages, uh, and obviously spent some money hiring employees uh, in, in mm-hmm. the West to run it, you know, or advertise it. So, it, I would say at this point, it's probably close to like eighty million, honestly. That's, That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, how do you spend? How do you spend that much money on a game and have it be that bad? That's a real question. Like, it's remarkable. Like, wow. It's so like from the get go, that game never even ran well. Like you just you boot up the game, it just runs like ass. Like from the like, it's not like you know there's a big problem later on when like these ten things interact with each other, the game crashes. No, it's not like a bug like that. It's like you turn the game on for the first time and it chugs like ass and plays at twenty fps. Like how does that happen? Like you think before they get to the next step, like hey guys, you know pause. Let's say before we develop, you know more world bosses, more dungeons. Why don't we fix it like the most obvious glaring shit at the beginning? No, no, keep going. We'll fix it later. And they never fixed it. It just runs like ass. Well. Luckily, guys, with one Unreal Engine 3 MMORPG down, there will be another to take its place this month. Astelia is finally launching, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, this month, right? Yeah. Now, there's a bit of a funny story now with Astelia because um, they, they added a new payment uh, system, a new way to play Astelia. So previously, you had to buy the game for 40 bucks. I believe that is the cheapest version of the um, cheapest version of the, of the of the founders pack is 40 bucks, and that gives you access to the game. It's a one-time buy-to-play game. And they added an option to be able to play the game for a monthly subscription. So they figured, you know, maybe not everybody wants to pay 40 bucks up front to buy our game. So they wanted a cheaper way to get people to at least try the game. And it's a $10 a month subscription. So the the plan is you pay 10 bucks a month to play it. And ideally within the first month, you decide if you want to buy it or not. So if you like the game, you buy it for 40 bucks. If you don't like it, you cancel it. And you're only down 10 bucks. Which, it sounds good on paper, right? It seems like it's a reasonable, you know, middle ground between buy to play and free to play. But honestly... I don't think so because they should just add a free trial. Like if, if they're confident in their game, give players a free trial to level ten, and that's it. You know, or level fifteen. Some you know free trial for the first few hours of the game. But I think if I, if they did that, I think they'd be losing a lot of sales because I really don't like. I, I like what Estelia is doing. By the way, guys, Estelia is advertising on MMOs.com later this month when they launch. They're gonna be spending some some big dosh with us. So even despite them spending money, I, I'm being honest. There's something there. The, the core gameplay is a little bit different. Like it's a, it's, it's a Korean MRPG. The pet system, the Estelle system in the game is, is different enough, I think, to warrant you know some kind of interest in the game. But the moment they changed their model to this buy-to-play model, the moment they did that, you're not comparing Estelia with all the other free-to-play you know, Korean MMORPGs anymore. You're comparing it to Elder Scrolls Online. You're comparing it to Guild Wars 2. Now, that's not a comparison you want to make if you're Estelia. It, it, it just, it's just not that great of a game compared to those games. Now, compared to the, all the other free-to-play games, like stuff like Aura Kingdom and stuff, like compared to a lot of other random like Chinese and Korean MMORPGs, yeah, there's something here, and I recommend you try it. But as a free, as a buy-to-play game, it's I can't get over that hump. You know, forty bucks or even ten bucks a month, comparing it to ESO, comparing it to Guild Wars Two, 
these, these premium games you got to pay for. I mean, ultimately, I'm pretty sure they're going to go free to play in the future. Yeah. That's my that's my guess. I mean, they, I feel like I feel like how how much longer till the game is up? The jig is up. All these companies are doing the same thing. They're launching with buy to play, and yeah. then after a few months, they're just going free to play. They've seen Black Desert do it with such success. And by the way, guys, Black Desert is a really good game. So like, and, and the game was always, I think it was 20 bucks at launch or 30 bucks at launch at like full price. But it was, it went on sale all the time at 50, 15 dollars. And more recently, it goes on sale at five bucks. So like, the price point for Black Desert Online, which was a much more ambitious game. You know, you look at Black Desert Online. Even if, even if you hate Black Desert, by the way, look at Black Desert as, as what they're trying to do—a persistent world, action, and more RPG, right? Compared to a much more, you know, tab tab targeted traditional KMORPG. It is. Black Desert was always trying to do more, so I, I give him a pass on the you know charging money. You know, even though it was free to play in Asia, it, it was still a much more ambitious game than uh, than uh, Estelia, and it was also cheaper. So I, I think there's this big blowback by a lot of you know. I feel like a lot of people are reading RMORPG and seeing like, oh, people hate free to play. There's big backlash against free to play, especially for people like Jim Sterling. There's a very vocal group of people saying free to play is like the most cancerous thing ever, right? And 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 the uh, Loot boxes is the most cancerous thing ever. And that's making everyone kind of go with the buy-to-play model, which I think at the end of the day is going to hurt them because you can't have an MMORPG without the M. The first M in MMORPG is the most important M, and it's massively. I don't want to play a single-player MMORPG. And there are there, there have been so many buy-to-play MMORPGs that relaunched as buy-to-play that are single-player MMORPGs. You know, there was Eloa, which relaunched on Steam as Warlord's Awakening. Remember that one? Nobody remembers that one. They relaunched it as a buy-to-play game. It had an average player base of 15 people, and it shut down. No one wants to pay money for that shit, all right? If it was free to play, maybe people would have played it. But uh, I'm really, I want that to succeed, but they can't with this business model. They need a free trial, like maybe like up to level 20 free trial, then they want to charge money, that's fine. But as a, as a buy-to-play game, I'm not optimistic on Estelia. Agreed. And can we just go back to uh, Blessed Unleashed for a minute? I like how Bandai Namco is doubly shitting on us. One, they're releasing mm-hmm. an amazing-looking game in Japan, Blue Protocol, which we talked about yes. in the past. And they said, we are not, we don't plan on bringing it to the West you know, anytime soon. But you guys can have this pile of shit called Bless Unleashed. <laughs> so Oof. I feel like there's like two slaps in the face, you know? One, you don't get the good game, you get the poop game. There is a lot of hype for Blue Protocol. I mean, we, I've seen the trailers, too. It looks really pretty. I mean, why are they... It's just weird to me that they're, they're ready to throw away millions into uh, you know, localizing and making upgrading Bless from Unreal Engine 3 and Unreal Engine 4 on consoles, but they're not looking to move Blue Protocol here? Like... We know, we we know for a fact that Bless is shit. You know, we've all played it here. It's shit. All right, we know that. And the, the negative goodwill is huge. Why not take the risk with Blue Protocol instead of wasting millions on Bless Unleashed? It's just really bizarre. I think these these are very macro level decisions made at these companies, and it's unfortunate there's like not one guy really in tune with what's happening in the MRPG space to be able to make better decisions there. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, we are gonna we are gonna get those sick ads on Amazon.com for Estelia. If you see those ads, click on those ads and buy Estelia. Give us up, you know, some 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 kickbacks over there. I I still haven't yeah. even tried it. I know you tried the beta, right? Um, so yeah. if I get a free copy, maybe I'll give it a shot. And I'll just level up. I'll, I'll get you a free copy. I I got their PR guy, you know, on my email. And again, it, the game isn't bad. Like you can easily stand up a lot of fun with it. It just is it worth forty bucks? That is the ultimate question. And you know, you can buy the latest Guild Wars 2 expansion. You can buy ESO, or you can you can buy Estelia. I mean, it's just, it just not in the same league. It's simply just not in the same tier, in my opinion. Fair enough. And uh, we, got anyway, a, we got a lot of piece yeah. of bad news this week. Another game yeah, shutting down. Fallen Earth. Uh, it's one we haven't talked about in years. But it's, it's, it's an oldie. It's been around for a long time now. Mm-hmm. By Gamers First, um, which also owns uh, APB Reloaded. And they finally given up, uh, at least for now, on Fallen Earth. They did leave a little bit of a tease there and saying, well, we're still working on like a new server technology and we might bring it back later. But for mm-hmm. now, the servers will be shutting down. Uh, I wonder if anyone still plays this one, honestly. Uh, it was a little different, too. But yeah, rest in pepperoni. I mean, that was, that was an oldie. I, mean, it was one of the, I remember when we first put up Mimos.com, it was one of the first like pages we put up. Yeah, yeah, it was an oldie. I remember. Rest in pepperoni, Fallen Earth. I mean, there aren't really that many like, uh, like, post-apocalyptic MMORPGs, you know? Almost all MMORPGs are fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. And also kind of in line with what we talked about earlier with these, uh, like, seeing... This this also this, this King of the Fire 2 pre-order page, which I saw just today, reminds me of uh, Bless Unleashed to a degree because this is also dead on arrival. You know, this oh, game... Yeah. This game shut down, I think, in China already. It shut down in its home market in Korea. 
And for some reason, Game Four is like, you know, your game that failed in this home market, shut down in China, missed all the. It was originally supposed to launch in Russia as well, didn't launch there. Complete flop, disaster. The game never came out. Clearly not done yet. Never received good reviews by players. Yeah, let's take that game and let's license it. You know, let's launch. Let's serve a steaming pile of dead shit to our audience in North America and Europe. You know, they love this shit. You know, just scoop up some Kingdom on their fire too. Unfinished game. And uh, you know, shut down this home market. Probably never gonna get developed again because the studio behind this is probably bankrupt by now. Let's just let's just sell this shit in pre-order and let's just put some fancy in the, the war god package. You know, people love to be war gods for a hundred bucks. All right, I, I, what are they thinking? You know, this is it, it just seems like whoever is running GameForge clearly doesn't care about their brand. You know, I feel like they really don't care. If you cared at all about your player base, you care about your reputation, you care about what GameForge should mean to players. Like, <laughs> I mean, you think I, they care about their reputation, right? Actually, well, if your reputation's already rock bottom, right, you might as well do moves like this because you can't go any lower. So you might as well do uh. whatever you can to make some money. <laughs> It's I, just, it's just I don't think there's anybody move. out there who has anything positive to say about GameForge. <sighs> and I think it's not new either. I think it's been that way for you know years. Uh, it just it's just sad to see this because, like, also this game by the way, Kingdom of Fire Two. It also made our list for the most expensive and more PCs ever developed. Uh, they spent seventy eight million dollars developing this game uh, in South Korea, and they announced this game forever ago. Look, the game was set to launch for both PC and PS4 in twenty seventeen. All right, that never happened. Obviously, they missed all their goals. Pretty sure the studio that made the game shut down. It shut that the one market was playable in China was shut down, and now they're like, hoop, hoop, guys, let's get some pre-orders for American release and European release." You know, they love pre-order. Maybe I got, I got, I got a theory. Okay, I got a theory. The, the folks at GameForge were are, are looking at the West. They're saying, "Look, these American audiences, all right, they love paying five hundred dollars for the Chronicles of Valeria bundles. You know, the Asher Creation bundles. They love giving money to games that, that don't exist. You know." What do you give the Kingdom of the Fire to? The game exists, all right? It, it's playable. It's just ass, and it'll never be updated again. But at least it's something there. If they're willing to pay money for a game that will never happen, like Chronicles of Valyria, they must be okay with paying money for Kingdom of the Fire 2. Maybe that's their thought process. I, I think they're all hoping for the ma magic that happened with APB Reloaded. So what happened there was a big, yeah. big a game came out, big budget, flopped, flooped, okay? And then flooped? Games, uh, was it, gamers first swooped in and bought it for pennies, right? Mm -hmm. And then they just basically put it back online like years later. Uh, for free to play, and it, and it made a ton of money since then. That's true, yeah. They, it, so it, I think they're just yeah. kind of rolling the dice. Kingdom on the Fire was a huge, like you said, a huge budget game, flooped everywhere. The studio's not even being developing it anymore. It's not even alive in its home market anymore. But they just kind of said, hey, you know what? Let's just throw it out there, and through the magic of you know chance, it might just you know hit. I mean, AP Reloaded did have the, the kind of you know that kind of story you just mentioned. They spent fifty hundred million dollars making AP Reloaded. It's also on our list of most expensive MMOs ever developed. And the studio that originally made the game pretty sure they went bankrupt. And then when they relaunched the game, uh, they made a lot. Whoever ended up buying the game and running the game made a lot of money. So I guess they could be hoping for that. Yep. But it just, you you guys know GameForce isn't going to be working on the game. You know, they're a publisher. They're not going to be developing the game. They just took whatever, like, whatever files they got for the game from the, from the Southeast Asian, the Taiwanese or Chinese versions, and they translated to English. And that's all they have. You know, they're not developers. So all they have is the shit that they grabbed, the unfinished shit they grabbed. And it's just going to be a disaster. There's, I mean, if the game like sells millions of copies and it becomes a runaway hit, yeah, they'll, they'll hire developers and work on the game. But it's weird the business model is like, okay, we're gonna release shit that we know is shit, right? But listen, there's hope. If you if enough of you guys buy our shit, we'll work on the game to make it better. That's their business model. They have to rely on people buying the game in mass to have any chance of improving the game or even working on the game. It just seems as is. If the game sells meh, there'll be zero updates. It's just lame. I don't know what, what's going on. What's going on in more PG's world, boys? I don't know. We got another funky small launch, too. Um, I think we talked about it last time, but Pagan Online, uh, action RPG by the mm -hmm. guys Wargaming, the guys who make... Um, they published it, yeah. The, the, the World of Tanks. They mm -hmm. released a uh, ARPG called Pagan Online on Steam, and it, it's got very bad reviews so far. It's 30 bucks to play, mixed reviews, and... It's not very bad. Mixed reviews are not bad. Okay, I've seen the video for this game. I haven't played it yet myself. I do have a copy of the game. I should try it sometime. It looks firmly okay. Well, try it before you speak. I mean, the reviews aren't that, aren't very uh, positive here. Okay, remember the reviews aren't going to be positive, Altai, for a pretty good reason. Like, hey guys, what do you want to pay thirty bucks for Pagan Online, or, or or get this guys play a better game like Path of Exile for free? Not that's a better game, way more in depth game that just launched a big update this last week. Blight, you know, added tons of more shit up. To, like, you know, the player base jumped again. There's new league, new gems, new support gems, or or, or pay thirty bucks for Pagan Online. Like, it just seems like when the leader of the of the genre is a free to play game. You, how do you get away with charging 30 bucks for your game? Like, they're going with the old Estelia model, you know? 
Well, let's take something that's free and better and make a shittier version and charge money for it. That'll that'll work. It just seems like if you're an isometric ARPG, right? If you look, if you that style of game, whether it's Pagan, Path of Exile, like it, it's it's so hard to compete on the buy to play front. Honestly, even on the free to play front, like why play any of these other games when Path of Exile is just so much more successful? You know, it, it's a tough sell. I mean, there are people that really like ARPGs that will probably get some value from Pagan Online, but as someone on the fence that like isn't super excited about it, like you're not gonna. Like, if I look at this video, the first thing I thought, hey, this looks pretty cool. I want to go play Path of Exile. And if we look at the numbers here, guys, they're not very good, uh, surprisingly. No. So they uh, all-time peak 3,000, I guess, when they launched. Today's mm -hmm. peak 500, online now 200. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, they clearly spent, you know, the developers clearly spent a lot of time on this game, you know. It's it just, they picked them all. They picked a, an industry, uh, you know. This isometric ARPG where it just dominated by Path of Exile, you know, and maybe Diablo Three if you want to include that as well on the, on the buy to play front. It just it's tough to compete. There's, there's, what's the other ARPG Altai? Do you remember that's doing pretty well? That's there's only one other ARPG that's doing well besides Path of Exile. It's a buy to play game. It's on Steam. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's a couple thousand players online. Last time I looked at it, maybe Grim Dawn. Grim Dawn. Grim Dawn. There you go. Yeah, like yes, there's there's always a chance. You know, you can you can make it. It's very tough. There's and a Grim new Dawn torchlight coming out too. Torchlight three mm -hmm. is uh is in development. I'm not sure exactly what the, the release date mm -hmm. is though. So that's Pagan Online boys. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too optimistic on them. No, me neither. You're Dollar too late. What do you call it? What do you call it? Late something late. Too. I don't know. There's some expression. There's a saying. All right. Altai meant to say the saying, but he but he forgot most. Insert of it, right? saying here. Okay. Yeah. Insert saying here, boys. Okay, uh, did you see that, that, that crazy new uh, Chronicles of Illyria quality video, you know, this amazing yes. game that's going to revolutionize the MRPG industry. Are you guys hype? Like, you you about to buy some $500 bundles for this game? So the funny thing about this is I think this is the first time we're seeing gameplay for um, Chronicles of Illyria. And, and they've had these videos where you walk around, there's some, like, light gameplay stuff. You know, they, they've had videos before. Oh, okay. So anyway, they're, they're claiming this is pre-alpha... You know, obviously low poly version of the of the graphics, not finished graphics. But this is all. This is the best. This is what they're showing. So clearly they're showing it, which means, you know, we can view it and you know assess it, right? If it was really mm -hmm. so pre-alpha, you know, they they would have just not released this. So they did release this. So we got to judge it based on what we have. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm not I'm not very impressed. It kind of looks like LBN online, honestly. But like, yeah, again, their argument is that this is like you know these are these are all placeholder textures. You know, this is not like uh you know. Is this not what the game's gonna look like? And other studios use low polygon styles to test their games. But the thing is, like most studios that do that, they don't show off the low polygon. So that's literally internal testing. So they released this. And what's remarkable is that a few comments on the on the on Reddit over there showing that like it looks so different. Even the character creator looks so different than the one they showed off on their Kickstarter, where it was so much more in depth. And what's remarkable is even that video you're showing off in the background, it's still kind of laggy. Like there's still frame rate issues with these low polygon counts. It still looks like it runs a gas. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, forget the graphics. I'm not impressed by anything else I see either. Like, yeah, like the animations are amazing. The the concept is I can't really you can't really tell much what's going on here. But the concept is what just what it, I don't know. Just nothing, nothing original here. Yeah, and again, this was one of those games that uh, I mean, we really haven't talked too much about Chronicles of Lyria because we were really shitting on um, Asher Creation quite a bit these last few weeks. But, I mean, Chronicles of Lyria deserves their heaping pile of, uh, you know, doo-doo as well. I mean, they, they promised the world on the original Kickstarter page with characters that age and die, you know, with a living world, this very, you know, unique experience. You know, they're revolutionizing the MRPG industry. With the, they're going to... And then, the, they remember, how are we going to make all this, this living world a possibility? Spatial OS, you know, they promised... That's our secret sauce. It's like, that's why we're going to be able to make the best MRPG ever. We got Spatial OS. And of course, I think last year came around and they're like, okay, by the way, Spatial OS, yeah, we gave up on that. We, don't, we, we can't figure that shit out. And I don't blame them for that. Nobody can figure Spatial yes. OS out. That's the one thing you can't blame them for. Yes. I, I, I feel like Spatial OS was like this buzzword that everyone just thought was going to make magic happen. But nobody yeah. can make it work. No company yeah. has made, managed to make it work. So I, I don't blame them for this, but ditching Spatial OS, I mean, they should have ditched that from the, from the get go. It's just, it's remarkable that, that they promised the world. And they, they said the, the reason we can do it is because of Spatial OS. I guess maybe they believe that like they can make the magic happen with Spatial OS. But it just, I, I don't know. I'm seeing this video. Uh, I read the comments. And I think and Chronicles of Illyria will be another. Honestly, on, like real talk, I think Chronicles of Illyria has more hope than, uh, than Ash of Creation. Really? And yes. You know why? From the get-go, the, the website for Chronicles of Illyria was always ass. It was disgustingly ass. Okay. Okay. And the website for uh, Ash of Creation was way better. 
I mean, like, nothing was, like, particularly, like, like the Ashes Creation website wasn't, like, god tier or anything, but, like, they just had a better UI, a better website. Like, you look around, like, the wait, Chronicles wait, wait, website. Wait, so you, you think Ashes has a better chance or Chronicles? I think Ashes has a better chance. Chronicles. Okay, I agree with you. I, I, thought, you, I, I yeah. thought you meant the other way around. No, Chronicles of Lyria has, has no chance. Yeah, yeah. I was more skeptical about Chronicles of Lyria than any other game I've ever seen because they promised the world and all they showed were, like, such a limited amount of, like, content. I mean, obviously, the stuff we've seen from Ashes Creation was also very lackluster. I mean, I mean, maybe now that we saw Astro Creation Apocalypse, a shitty Battle Royale game, I mean, it, I'm not optimistic on Astro Creation either. But I, I think Chronicles of Illyria is, is pure and utter vaporware. I don't think we'll ever get something that's remotely what they promised. Speaking of promises, uh, we have another game that's been in uh, Alpha forever, a Cube World. Finally, the developers announced, you know what? After six years of uh, radio silence, we're ready for Steam uh, soon, this month or next month. So they have a Steam page now, and this is this one I never actually got into, but I, I do remember hearing about it. So years ago, this was the after Minecraft, this was the first uh, I guess Minecraft clone that kind of got a lot of buzz, and and then it kind of it kind of had an alpha phase. People got excited for it, and then it kind of went radio silent for years, mm-hmm. and now it's finally I guess on the verge of release. I am a little skeptical. I got to tell you, I think the guy behind it is just like uh, he wants some quick cash, so he's like, let me just pop what I got on steam and see what happens yeah it's uh i'm not this guy that one either no i think i think it's time has come and gone you know a lot of other games like uh trove you know since since cube world other games like it like like trove specifically have come out and i think they're further along now than this game is it's been too long i feel yeah i mean trove actually at least i mean this Minecraft is, is number one, obviously, and there's been a lot of Minecraft like like voxel games that were inspired by Minecraft. I mean, the only MMORPG one was was Trove that I can think of right now, but this game I never actually tried, so I don't know. But I want to show you another uh, Chronicles of Lyria video, Altai. This is uh came out three years ago. Or right? how long has Chronicles of Lyria been? When was their Kickstarter? Has it really been three years? Yeah, yeah. Kickstarter was in 20, May 2016. Wow, it's been it's been a lot of time. Holy, holy moly, boy! It's been over three years. When was, when was their uh, estimated delivery? Uh, they shit? were supposed to have full release in 2020, so we'll see if that happens. Okay, I see like some stuff for December 2017 on here. When is the full release? Though? Is it, they said 20. Right, at least they gave themselves you know some time. Okay, but uh, look at this video, Altai, and then go to like 17 seconds and just let, let it play for a second. Like this video also has like frame rate issues too, which which is kind of red flag from the get go. But the thing is that even though they ran the game with like no polygons, with the what we saw earlier. It's still at FPS issues, you know? Well, this video is a, one of their oldest ones, right? From August yeah. 2016. I honestly think this video is nothing. It's just a literal Unreal Engine-like mock-up. This is like- yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's all it is. It's Unreal Engine terrain you can walk around in. Yeah. But so- I think that's all there. That, that, that's, that, that's pretty much all they've shown. <laughs> so I think this is nothing. This is literally just nothing. This is a showpiece just for this video. Mm-hmm. The one we saw now is, I think, what they actually built. Mm-hmm. Now, honestly, uh, honestly, this looks more impressive than what they actually showed now, right? So this is 2016, guys, and what we saw earlier was uh, 2019. So I think I think they went backwards, honestly. Oh, you see the character creator as well, which is a little bit newer. No, uh, this one came out in 2018. Wait, I I, I, wanna, I just want to go through this one more time, so guys. This is what we were shown in 2016. <laughs> okay. Wow, look at that. And then this is what we get in 2019. <laughs> uh. What's most remarkable to me is like you read the thread on RMORPG when people discuss. Like, I think most people on RMORPG are, are very skeptical now of Chronicles of Illyria as well as Astro Creation as well as a lot of these Kickstarter games. But like, there are people out there that still defend literally everything that comes out of like, you know, the the, the mouths of these founders for Chronicles of Illyria and Astro Creation, which which is remarkable. Like, what, why why do people feel loyalty to these Kickstarter funded games? Like, you know, like do they do they really think if I believe hard enough, if I tell people online that the game is going to happen? Like if I if I keep believing that it's gonna happen, like do they think that 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 that, that would create reality? Like your beliefs? I, don't I think get it. for for some reason these things become an identity for people, uh, and people want to defend it because they feel like they're being attacked personally. If if it, like if it doesn't happen, it, it's it's so bizarre though. Like, where why is the loyalty there? It just makes no sense. And they're taking these five hundred dollar pre order packages, and like, it just seems obvious that anyone that's been like playing MMORPGs or really any online games. For more than a couple of years, like if you're not like 16 years old, like if you read the original Kickstarter for Astro Creation and you read for Chronicles of Lyria, like I I don't understand how you can walk away with that thinking, oh, you know, like you know, this is gonna happen. 
it just seems so obvious from the get-go like this was never going to happen and, and and let's not forget uh you know the biggest one star citizen like it was so clear when i first saw that kickstarter I'm like the game that chris roberts is explaining it's just literally not possible it's just, it's just never going to happen to the level of detail that he wants you know the the the, the star citizen people the, the developer they're still talking about like how much cubic feet is in each uh, starship and how like you can actually arrange the crates in your starships and like the way you put them on top of each other like you fit stuff in there they're arguing about like the dimensions of like cubes and stuff like this is never going to happen it's just going to be an inventory slot and then it's going to fill up x number of like units that's it that, that's what they're going to get you know this level of like detail on like every little thing that they've been promising for it's just, it's just nonsense it's so obvious it's not going to happen but people still believe it what's that other saying you're missing the forest for the trees yeah so i think star citizen definitely has a problem with that I remember we watched a video, uh, I think like a year ago when we were in Istanbul, about the, the Star Citizen developers talking about, like, it was a 30, 40-minute video on, like, just that, like, the, the cargo hold of a yes, ship. Yes, yes. And it was, like, uh, it was surreal. I'm like, wait, are people, like, looking at this, like, yeah, that looks really cool. Like, it just seems like they're wasting all this time on something that, that like, has no significance, you know? They're, they're so worried about the details that, that the big picture thing is never going to happen. And they're, uh, it's, we live in a crazy world, boys, and... When, 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 do you have any idea when Star Citizen is set to like launch? What is their? Did they release schedule yet? Anything? They don't have a release schedule for their online game, like the Star Citizen. But the, I think they did announce a release for their single player game. Uh, I, I okay. forgot the date, but they did give some kind of date for the single player game. Yeah, I think they can release a single player game. You know, they they can make something happen in the single player world. I just don't think the the persistent universe MMO that they promised with their Kickstarter that's ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely within reason that they'll eventually get some kind of single player game. Yeah, I mean, that shouldn't be too difficult. There's no net stuff going on. Again, their Kickstarter was back in 2012, boys. It's been seven long years for wonder, Star Citizen. I wonder what their funding is at now for Star Citizen. Uh, they are the most expensive game on MMOs.com on our list. The most expensive MMOs. Probably one of the most expensive video games, period. I mean, they've kind of been in a drought. Let's see. If you go month to month, they're still making, it seems like... I think they're making good money still. Go to month to month. Look how much they're making. Yeah, like what? Uh, their lowest month? month? No, they're low. If you go to, if, let's see. Oh, month, oh, oh, I was on. I was, I'm sorry. I was on no, week. Let me go by day. They're making here. their lowest two and a half million. month is 1.7 million. Yeah. So on average, they're making over two million dollars a month in funding. So they're at 234 million, and they're still going. So people are people are believers. And honestly, we said it before, but if you're making this kind of money every month, your incentive to release is uh, quite diminished, right? Because then the gravy train stops, presumably. But if you keep mm-hmm. promising, keep adding, keep doing what you're doing now, you're at least going to get that $2 million a month coming in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I feel like if, you, if we followed the Star Citizen story a bit more, there'd be a lot more juicy drama to cover. But I feel like, we, like we've lost so much interest in it. Like, I feel like there were a lot of Star Citizen skeptics, right? That followed this story from back in 2012. And like, they were telling everyone this is, a, this is a scam, it's bullshit. But I feel like those guys got like worn out. They're tired of calling it bullshit. So they, they moved on, right? So I feel like the only people that still talk about Star Citizen are the believers. It's a circle jerk of Star Citizen believers. That's all that's left. All the skeptics like stopped covering this because there's no point. It's like, it's been seven years since the Kickstarter. So there's a lot more drama here than we've probably, you know, we haven't even scratched the surface, but maybe one day we'll, you know, we'll, we'll dive in, see, see what we can find. All right, I think this gift will keep keep on giving. Don't worry. All right. It's, it's bizarre. Really bizarre. Again, since this game was announced in 2012, there have been entire guilds created on the Star Citizen forums. There, there have been cl- guilds b- lived, born, and died. And, like, guild dramas have unfolded. People got married. People have had kids. They met on the Star Citizen forums. They divorced. There are divorces, okay? People met on Star Citizen forums. They met, they had a kid, and they divorced, okay? Before this game even came out. It's happened, all right? It's been seven years, all right? There's been, like, five conventions, you know? People there's, 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 So much drama has already happened on the game that never came there are subscribers paying monthly to play this game. There's, there's this whole whole world, this community. Like, maybe, maybe I think maybe like five, ten years from now, when this game inevitably never happens, they're gonna release like a documentary of like how it all went down. You know, that that, that was the game. Like, there are people that got their money's worth. You know, there are people that probably spend five hours a day on the forums. You know, making guild alliances with other. You know, and carving up the stars of the universe before even released. There's role players. You know, merchants guilds. You know. The whole community still exists on the forums and just just role playing it out. You know, okay, so there's one way I like to help. So that's one way to think about it, right? The conventions, the, the years mm-hmm. that went by. Another way is console generations. So, you know, when we were young, and I think even even now to this day, a console generation basically are like the stepping step the steps in uh 
uh, computer technology, right? Mm-hmm. So despite the fact that we're PC gamers primarily, there's, uh, there is something to be said that the, the, the console generations kind of dictate the pace of the, the, you know, the CPU and GPU technology becoming mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, the next PS5, right, all EA, Activision, are going to make their games with that console in mind and then port mm-hmm. it to PC, right? So we, a lot of big games are still console developed first. So in a mm-hmm. way, I, I still do think they have, um, they're kind of like benchmarks, okay? Mm-hmm. So when Star Citizen, the Kickstarter came out, the PS4 had not even released yet. The PS5 is coming out next year. So, and obviously, Kickstarter will not be released next year. So they announced before the current console generation, and they will not release until after this one is completely over and the new one begins. Yeah. So they, a whole ladder, a whole step in the ladder of technology, they did completely you know, bypassed by not even releasing. That's pretty incredible. So when people say, like, oh, give them time, it's under development, this is normal, you know, this is normal behavior, it's not normal, okay? They basically announced the game, raised money for it before a console generation began a new one began and ended and a new one's going to begin before they even you know have a product for us all right moving on let's move on to something that's happening all right i want i want the megan fox action they got a new trailer for black desert online and neither altai nor myself have seen this trailer we're going to watch it live let's see some live reactions to uh megan fox black desert online live action trailer for last week or oh, two weeks ago we saw the one 15 second trailer where she got out of the car uh uh there's a new one. There's a full 1 minute 19 trailer. Last one's only 15 seconds, all right? Pog. I, I want to see what's going to happen, all right? I'm curious what- what's Megan Fox up to now. Let's go, Altai. Put it on. All right, let's see. What do we do with audio? All right, let's rock. Sci-fi shit. Right. Oh, controller. You walk like five feet. Relax. She's tired. Is that like a drop site in Fortnite? The big blue? Whoa. Her hair got longer. She turned CGI. Yeah. <laughs> Rated T for teen. Cool, I guess. Alright, I'll tell you. The, millions, the million dollars they gave Megan Fox. Worth it, not worth it. Honestly, probably worth it in the end. We were talking about influencer marketing before the uh, stream started. Mm-hmm. But remember, this is not aimed at people in the PC sphere. Who, who is this aimed at? The normie PS4 players. The normie? Oh, it's Megan Fox. Uh, yeah. That's fast Megan Fox. They, oh, she's playing Black Desert? The term Black Desert means nothing to them, right? Yeah. Okay. But, so, why so they're playing Megan Madden. F- they're playing Madden. They're playing FIFA. Okay. And they're watching, Wait. you know, the Super Bowl or football on TV, whatever it is. And they see, oh, oh, it's the girl from Transformers. Yeah, that was a cool show. And then, oh, whoa, what's this? Black Desert. Damn, let's play that. I, I don't I, I know. I think it's going to work. I don't know. It seems very odd. It just seems like, uh, like you would think, like, maybe, like, at least, whatever they paid her, right? A million dollars or whatever. Like, they just pay, like, some big streamers. And that seems more no, relevant. No, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're totally wrong. Why? The people this is aimed at, like I said, more. listen, the PS, this is, Black Desert is launching on PS4, right? Yeah. Now, it's been on PC for years. The people who go on Twitch already know about Black Desert, right? Mm-hmm. They know about the PC players. They've heard of Black Desert. But there's a huge segment, actually larger than the Twitch segment, of gamers who only play games like Madden, right? They don't have PCs or normal PCs. They have maybe laptops for work or whatever. Yeah. They just play the games they see on TV, right? Wait, wait do young people watch TV? They watch like the football. Norm- yeah, sports. Okay, fine, fine. They watch football. So, like, uh, that's fine. in between the sports commercials... They're going to see Megan Fox. They know who Megan Fox is because they watch Transformers when they're kids. Okay. And they're going to say, oh, I want to play that game now. It's not for anybody. This this ad is not for anyone who's ever heard of Black Desert before. Right. I, I don't, it's, just, it's weird. <laughs> I just feel like if they just spent that money, even on the... Forget forget like the, the sponsoring streamers. Like, I know you can, you can spend money on the actual uh, PS4 app store to get your game like on the front page. So when you, when you boot up your PS4, you go to like the PlayStation store. The first icon that shows up could be Black Desert. 
is that like more useful? Because if you have a, if you have a, you know, if you have a PS4 and you, you're going online, boom, right there in your face, well, Black Desert. I'm sure also, I'm, I'm sure they're doing that as yeah. well. But remember, like I said, they never, they don't know what Black Desert is. So if they just see mm. that. They don't know. They're not going to click it unless they associate it with something they know, like Main Fox. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I, I, I guess. I guess. It's it just. I don't know. I feel. I feel like it's a big. I, I feel that's a big waste of money. But if they go only for the normie crowd, yeah. maybe they go for people who's never who never heard of Black Desert and who aren't PC gamers. But, but I don't think Black Desert is going to appeal to normies. Is the thing. Well, it's, that's, that's I, a separate. That's a separate. I mean, that's separate. Um, they can. Like it's a them. very grindy game. I actually like it about Black Desert. I think that makes it one of the better and more RPGs too. Like it's not just like. Go from point. It's not just do mindless quests going a point A to point B. You have to stop in certain areas and grind a lot, which well, I think remember, the reason it's not free. It well. it's, a, it's a buy to play game. So they're hoping they'll, they'll just buy it and try it for a few months, and that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At least they showed thighs. There you go. Did she have a single voice line in the in the end ad though? I mean, I think it's one of the better ads. What? She's in a desert. Uh, she's walking around. She finds the. PS she finds a controller. controller. Yeah. And then she got, whoa, I'm playing this game now. It's pretty correct. Uh, eh, eh, I'm not sold. I don't like it. But there you go. That's that's this new trailer. Well, CGI and Megan Fox, mate. On the uh, PC front, there's a, an, a PC game coming out called Planetside Arena for Steam. Now, this game was mm -hmm. not new. It's been, I think, playable like a year ago, right? It's been a while. It, it, it's been a long time. But it's finally coming to Steam. Uh, I don't know why exactly. So this is a dumbed-down version of Planetside. It's uh, not dumbed-down. It's a segmented version of Planetside. Oh, so Planetside Two segmented. Okay. So Planetside Two is this, is this, it's one of the only actual MO shooters. It's like an MO FPS, like when they massively multiplayer online FPS, where you there's huge territory control between these three factions. And what what Planetside Arena is basically is they they got rid of all the MO stuff and they made it into a lobby-based game. So think of like, you know, you can pick what servers you want to play on, maybe like a combat arms or something where you can play in various game modes. So they took away all the persistent world territory control and they just basically simplified it to just the core combat, the core action. And not a year ago, I think they said originally that they wanted to launch early access in the summer of 2019. And their launch date, I think, is, is late September. And it's two days before the summer actually ends. So okay. they're actually within their promise of launching early access in the summer of 2019. Nice. And they're going to have some kind of uh, I don't know, battle royale mode eventually, like with a ton of players, apparently. I think 500 players or something, or 200. A big number of players. Wait, did any of those big battle royale games ever come out like 1,000 versus 1,000 or no, 500 versus 1,000? No, None of those happened. OS and it got canceled. I remember reading PUBG initially estimated, like or PUBG or Fortnite said originally they wanted 200 players. Yeah. Because our original PUBG game page on MOS.com said currently 100 players, expected 200 players. We well, read that somewhere, clearly, but yes. I don't think that, 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 no, that, that ever happened. That was abandoned. Yeah, pepperoni. Mr. Fester with the with the SOE emotes, with the planet side emotes. Do you remember Altai? Here's a planet side quiz for you, Altai. Do you remember what the VS was? SOE VS emote that Mr. Fester linked? No. You see Ter did you see Terrans? Yeah. And that's like what is it, Vaughn Sovereignty or something? The Vaught Sovereignty? Something like that. I forgot the name too. Something Sovereignty. Vaughn? Vaught? Vanu. There we go. That's the one. Thanks. Now, Alta and I played the original Planetside game quite a bit. We played a lot more than the Planetside 2 because, like, that was the shit back in the day, all right? Vanu Salventry. I yeah, do miss Altair. that. I do miss... Maybe I miss being young, but I remember I miss that sense where every new game you played, especially on PC, was a step up in terms of ambition, right? Like, the mm -hmm. first time we played Planetside 1 when it came out, I was like... It was amazing. This is amazing. I'm, I'm looking around. There's like, dozens of players, maybe hundreds. I forgot exactly shooting each other, mm -hmm. taking the bases. And it was like, the year was like... Persistent two, world. Persistent yeah. world. It was like 2000, early 2000 or something. Early like, 2000, yeah. I was like, this is amazing. I wonder what's going to happen next year. Like, the year before that, I played EverQuest. And the year before that, I was playing Ultima Online, a 2D MMO, then 3D And before MMO. that, it was like like Doom on the PC. And it was like these very StarCraft 1, these very like, you know, simpler games. And then things got exponentially better, like with, 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 with your ambition. And when we played Battlefield 1942, 64 players in a single like map it was the coolest thing ever with to tanks us. Like, planes ships yeah jeeps you know and, and then i think around two and then you know, eve came out 2003 then wow came out 2004 and i feel like after 2004 we kind of just plateaued in terms of technology for gaming mm -hmm. like nothing has even been that ambitious since then like very few things have tried to shake the shake the model you know and really the next step up i guess from 64 players in a single map from, that the battlefield franchise kind of popularized was like battle royale so Battlefield did it with Battlefield 1942 in 2002. 
And it wasn't until pub, like the PUBG and other Battle Royale games, literally until like 2017 or whenever they came out, that we get from 64 to 100. Yep. You know, and that was it. It just things have really, fortunately, slowed down. Yep. So, I mean, I, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm getting old, but I feel like games today, the games I play today, are not ambitious. You know. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for Huxley. You know, I remember that Huxley, the dystopia on on EG. That game is that what you guys are talking about? That game never did. The game ever come out? I, I remember playing a beta, and that was it. No boomer trainers, IGN zero out of ten. Yeah, we're boomer gamers here now. Oh, we should talk a little about WoW Classic again because it's still the biggest game launch of the year. And I remember talking to somebody about WoW Classic. Somebody, I think Canaris asked me, "Is WoW Classic hard?" You know, people like people saying it's like, you know, more hardcore, right? And it's not necessarily hard, right? But I do want to say that I'm only like level 28 in WoW Classic or 29 right now, right? And I've died, I'll die over 100 times. What about what? you? I, I, I'm not 100. I've died maybe like. I, I've died at least 100 times. Really? I, I you play a healer, so it's a little easier for yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's right? easier for me. <laughs> I'll die playing healer. I'm playing a warrior. I've died probably hundred times, uh, just leveling and playing the game normally, simply because if you pull two things, or if you're pulling like maybe two things you can handle, and a patrol gets you, you're gonna die, and they chase you for a long time. You know, you, if I if I pull too many, I try to like hamstring two of them and try running away, but very often I will just die, and I've died so every day I play WoW Classic I die, and that's a feeling I haven't had in an MMORPG in a long time. You know, you level up in Final Fantasy 14, you level up in any modern MMORPG, guess what? You ain't dying. Ain't nothing like like. When we did the video for Star Wars Old Republic, like, we would pull a boss and just literally go AFK, hands off the keyboard. And our, our HP regen was higher than the boss can do damage to us in Star Wars Old Republic today. It's like so many new games, you just literally cannot die. You can just go AFK and you can't die. In WoW Classic, like one mob can kill you if you like if you go AFK or if you pull two things, you can die. It's so easy to die in WoW Classic. And it's, that doesn't make the game harder because you can play very safe. You can, oh, If you're 100% alert, always look at your surroundings. You can play very safe and not die. But... The fact that the world is dangerous in WoW Classic makes you want to makes leveling up, makes gearing up more meaningful. It makes every piece of upgrade, every every improvement feel more meaningful than other MRPGs. And that's one of the magical reasons I think a lot of people are liking WoW Classic besides this nostalgia. And I gotta say, people, a lot of people say it's gonna slow down. I don't think it's slowing down. It's very popular. Uh, they had some hiccups. I know there was a problem with the uh, whole realm sharding thing. So people were exploiting it. They fixed that. Uh, There's a DDoS attack yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's been handled now, but it's still very popular. They're offering free transfers from some servers to another, but uh, there's still a lot of servers. They're all full, so still doing. Well. It's incredible how many people are playing WoW Classic, and I really do think I really hope WoW Classic is a bit of a wake up call for a lot of developers to try shaking things up again to see what made WoW Classic really different and you know getting people hooked on the game because it is it is such a radically different experience than any modern MMORPG. You know, you boot up. Literally any game on area games, you play arcade, you launch any game, and it's so different. The, 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 again, it's not necessarily challenging where you're required to play at such a high skill cap, otherwise you're going to die. It's not about skill cap and individual mechanics. It's about just respecting the content, respecting the world, and that you, you're in this dangerous place, you know, Azeroth, you know, with these random monsters walking around. And it, it just, it's just not like that in any other MRPG. Nothing challenges you. Nothing even threatens you, which makes... It's such a nitpick. I know I mentioned this so many times now, but it just when I'm leveling up in an MRPG and I get a new piece of gear in so many games, I don't even bother equipping the new piece of gear. I'll wait till like I don't even spend my skill points in so many games. Why bother? You know, I'm leveling up so fast anyway. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll spend all ten skill points at once. I'll, I'll upgrade my gear like once every like twenty levels. You know, in Final Fantasy 14 when I was leveling up, I stayed at my level my, my level 40 gear until I got to level 60. Level 60 gear, I stayed to like 10 levels later. There was no need to change gear. Nothing that challenged me. I, I didn't do any mechanics, and you just can't do that in WoW Classic. And it just it makes you respect the world. It makes you understand that you're you know you're vulnerable, and that that vulnerability is what makes you want to get stronger. And when you when you one shot everything and nothing's a challenge, it just there's no meaning in the game. There's no meaning to get strong. There's no desire to get stronger. And that's we all like to tread. We we playing MMORPGs because we as humans we like the treadmill. We like putting ourselves on this treadmill where you know we want to fill up the XP meters, get stronger. So we clearly crave that, you know. And it just it works better when it's when when it's more challenging, when it's a little bit more meaningful. I have a question now. With the success here, what what's the next game to release like a classic server? Do you think MapleStory will do it? Uh, I hope so because MapleStory MapleStory had that exact same feeling as WoW Classic to me. I mean, when you played MapleStory back in the day, every level took a lot longer. And when you find a new piece of gear in MapleStory, you bet your ass you equipped it right away. The second you level up, you know what you did, guys, in MapleStory before Big Bang? The second you leveled up, you, you were eager to put your skill your skill point in your new ability just so you can get level up a little bit faster. In MapleStory on uh, 
on Big Bang, post Big Bang, with the with the burning levels. Oftentimes, I won't even spend my skill points to level like fifteen times because it doesn't matter. If I get a piece of gear, uh, it doesn't matter. You know, you're not looking forward to your gear. In Maple Story, no, pre Big Bang, totally every little thing mattered. And I think for sure, if they if they release the classic Maple Story server, I am very optimistic it'll do well. Now, number two, I have a second question. Now, do you <laughs> think the success of all these classic servers, alongside the retail running servers for these old games, whether <laughs> it's uh, Maple Story, WoW, RuneScape, Final Fantasy? Do you think it's going to actually make it harder for new MRPGs to kind of cut release? Because yes, I feel, the way I think of it is every single existing MRPG is kind of like a stick in the road of a new one trying to like roll down the road. You know, like mm-hmm. it's going to gum up the uh, retention. Like people don't some some percent of them will be happy with playing the game they're currently playing, and they won't want to mm-hmm. try the new one. I think a lot of players are stuck in the past too. I mean, nostalgia is definitely a hell of a thing for a lot of these games. I don't want to you know underplay that card. You know, a lot of all time me played WoW, you know, original World of Warcraft the vanilla. You know, back in 2004. So a lot of our enjoyment is clearly nostalgia as well, besides just the gameplay stuff. And it's a hell of a thing. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising that nostalgia works, you know? How many of you guys have ever rewatched, you know, Seinfeld or an old anime that you really liked or an old TV show, an old movie that you really liked, you know? Some of my favorite movies we have seen. How many times have you seen Shawshank Redemption, Altai? Many. Yeah, I have a dozen. Yeah, so so the idea that you'd want to rewatch old movies that you love or, you know, or I've been Final Fantasy X like three, four times over the years. So... The idea that we play old games a lot, like why wouldn't we want to relive the progression server experience in games like Ragnarok Online, which has a progression server, and games like EverQuest, which have one. And now World of Warcraft released WoW Classic. Like, it shouldn't be a surprise that people want to do that. We nostalgia and the fact that we rewatch old movies, we replay old single player games, should tell everybody that it's obvious that we want to replay World of Warcraft Classic, you know? Even even if nothing changes we you know, nothing changes in Shawshank Redemption for the fourth, fifth time that we watch it. Now, so this, it should come as no surprise that progression servers work because if a game is big enough, clearly a lot of people want to you know, rewatch the game, replay the game from the get-go. Speaking of nostalgia, I watched uh, the Netflix show The Dark Crystal. It's based on an old 1980s movie, right? The show mm-hmm. was good. I went to watch the movie. The movie does, did not age well, guys. The Dark Crystal movie, not that good, but the show was pretty good if, you like a, if you're okay mm-hmm. with the kid's show. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just remarkable to me that like, People are like doubting WoW Classic when, you know, MMORPGs have really been the only types of games prior to like the invention or the creation of um, progression servers and classic servers where you really could not play the game the way it was before, you know? Whereas Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, all these other, or, you know, any Halo games, you could always play from the get-go however, you know, over and over again. People rewatch TV shows, replay games. Why not the same thing for MMORPGs? And it makes sense that, that it's working so well. And you said something about the stick in the road for a new MMORPGs. I think if somebody makes a game that's truly different, uh, I don't think it'd be a big stick in the road to, to stop them from playing. I think if you want to make another WoW clone, you make another EverQuest clone without really shaking up the genre, yeah, it'd be a huge, you know, it'd just suck up a lot of players away from your game. But if you try something different, I think uh, I think you can still succeed. All right, we'll see. So I made mean, a good a good question, you know, because you know if you if you if you subscribe to WoW retail right now, you get you know you get. Uh, classic WoW as well as retail in your subscription price, right? Yes. People suggested uh, for Final Fantasy fourteen, you should get Final Fantasy eleven included in your subscription, which I think would be really cool. Yeah, they should. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. should really overwork the whole entire subscription system for FF eleven. Instead of making it so mm-hmm. complicated, they should just kind of. They, they they did rework the oh, launcher did. in the game. Okay. Yeah, so they, there's a big big change over there, and I think if they included uh, Final Fantasy fourteen players to subscribe to Final Fantasy eleven, including the same bundle, I think it would help both games. You know, I think some Final Fantasy fourteen players would you know go back to Final Fantasy XI. A lot of 14 players have played Final Fantasy XI, and they go back and probably you know, re-engage with the games they haven't played in a long time. Now, there is definitely some overlap there. Messi Kinesi. Yo, Netflix, you want to you sponsor the Altai Bros? All right? Reach us anytime, all right? There's actually a show coming out. I don't know if it's Netflix or someone else making it, but it's, I think we talked about it. It's a show about the development team behind the MMORPG. Did you hear about this one? Is, is that like a real MMORPG or like... No, it's a fake MMORPG, but it kind of like... I think it's supposed to like be WoW because the name is kind of like WoW-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like The Office, but like for... The, yes. the setting is the development of an MMORPG. Yes. And it sounds are, fun. And, I mean, and, I'm, I'm going to watch it. It's them releasing their new expansion pack. That's like the mm-hmm. shtick. Uh, it's, it's, it right, sounds pretty fun. The guy behind it is Always Sunny in Philly. Like Mac, I think he's the one making it. Yeah, I love Always Sunny in Philly, so I'll definitely give it a whirl. It's a strongly recommended TV series from Remo, right? It's always sunny in Philly. 
And just the the theme for that seems like right up our alley. So when's yeah. it coming out? I don't know. Let me see if I can find it. It's a fake dev. It's a fake dev show, Messi Canessi. It's not based on a real game, but it's supposed to be like a comedy. It's kind of like The Office, where you know, Dunham Mifflin isn't a real company, but the setting is that. But just the theme sounds really exciting and interesting. It's right up our alley. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch it though. I'll find it in the post game. I can't. I don't know. I forgot what. Find it was the post game. See if there's any good Kickstarters we can we can take a look at. I think last time we talked about Wheelcraft. You just got Wheelcrafted. For everyone that remembers. Well, we should just. Uh, I want to quickly mention that in uh, Classic WoW, six days after the release of Classic WoW, Anixia and Ragnaros were both, both downed. That's what's incredible. Six actually. Days. How quickly? Yeah. So I know someone in the chat mentioned earlier, people are going to move on uh, because there's not enough content in uh, Classic WoW, and that might be an issue, honestly. If they don't add new stuff, which I think mm -hmm. they will actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, for sure they're gonna add more stuff. I, I would love to see them go down an angle where instead of just releasing, you know, the Burning Crusade and stuff like that, they they read they design new content that fits the old uh like theme, the old the old concepts, you know, of what classic what what like that 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 theme. That'd be really cool, I think, instead of just going down uh the Burning Crusade. But then again, there are a lot of people that, that played the Burning Crusade back in the day want to relive that nostalgia, you know? And That's same for Wrath of this game. I think it's going to be a very difficult choice for them, whether to make new mm -hmm. content and a fork in the road or just go progression. Yeah. That'd be really cool, though, Canaris, if they did make some new content beyond Naxxramas. That's my hope, Canaris. That's my hope. Yeah, we saw that as well, uh, uh, Fantasol for Raw. It was another Kickstarter game where it was promising the world. They were promising, like, more stuff than GTA V. You know, it was like this random studio that obviously has like two people working for them is never going to happen. So Kickstarter seems to be a little bit more on the ball with some questionable, uh, ambitious projects. What else we got? Right. Anything else exciting this week? Take a look. See what's going on. Oh, well, uh, Caravan Stories is out on PS4. Yeah, it launched today, actually. Oh, yeah? All right. All right. Caravan Stories guys emailed me and like, yo. You want to do a first look video for us? We'll pay you. I'm like, uh, it sounds pretty great. You know, I'm thinking, but oh, it's on PS4. I want to record on PS4. How what do a you hassle. Record on PS4. I'm, uh, I mean, you can do it. There's the share button and stuff. What, what I could probably do is record the content and then voice over. But like, come on, guys. I don't want. You guys know Remo. I want to record right then and there. All right, it's gotta come from the soul. All right, I don't want to pre-record it and then dub it over because then I'm gonna be worried about what I'm saying. The beauty of when I make my first look videos, I'm just I'm just talking from the soul. All right, I'm just bullshitting as I do it. I don't want. I don't want to second guess myself. If I'm like, if I'm pre-recording it. All right. So I didn't respond to them. I, I, I just you know closed the email, and I don't know. I do want to make a video for it anyway. So it's not like they had to pay you me to do a video a for that. Built-in recording app on the PS4. Thing? Yeah, yeah. You push the, the the share button on PS4 and you can record it. It works pretty why you, simply. Why are you talking to your controller? Isn't the controller ever built-in mic? There's no. I'm gonna I'm gonna be an asshole holding my controller to my face talking to it. Hey like, guys. Hey guys. Uh, you know what the hell? It's weird. Can't do that. I do want to do a video for it though, only because you know it, it looks pretty. I yeah. did want to do a video for it anyway. It just it's on PS4, and you know I'm this PC is a, gamer. This is a mobile game in Japan, but for some reason yes. they decided to bring it on PS4 in the West. I don't know why they didn't just release it on the phone here as well. Yeah, if they release it on mobile, I can at least record it with uh you know on the emulator. Actually, a perfect world uh, launched here in the West actually, and uh, I did a video for it too. And the video is probably I'm, I, I uploaded it today. I'm gonna just release it tomorrow because the podcast is going on YouTube today. I'll do that. So first look, I know we haven't had them in a long time. It's just, we really haven't had too many like real games come out. And the only reason I did one for uh, Perfect World Mobile, they didn't pay me, by the way. I wish they did. Uh, it just, the game made like $100 million in China in the first month. It's like a huge game. And guess what, guys? Spoilers. It's some autoplay nonsense. The same shit you can expect from uh, World of Kings. The same kind of game. It's not good. It's not good. But there's a fun character creator in the game. Not quite as fun as the PC version of Perfect World, but it's you can make some pretty disgusting, weird-looking monsters. I'm actually going to do a first look video for uh, Eternal Magic as well. We showed the trailer I think two weeks ago. I got the I got close beta access for it, so I'm hyped. It's a Chinese WoW clone, so I'm, I'm actually works. I'm actually like unironically excited to play Eternal Magic, the Chinese WoW clone. Is that the one that gets getting sued? Because one of them is getting sued this year. Uh... No, 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 that was the one I showed you the video with the embarrassing voice acting that they they pulled out. That close beta began, uh, I think, yes, a couple days ago, and it's running till the 15th. I got close beta access just recently. What's, who's getting sued, Altai? Oh, oh, the. What was the, I showed you? I showed it to you, didn't I? What was it? Yeah, let me find it. Well, 
I got it right here. Right. This is this is a funny story. Uh, Glorious Saga. Yeah. So there's a game called Glorious Saga that's being sued by Blizzard. Uh, and here's some of the pictures they're showing in their uh, filings. So on the left here you have the Glorious Saga, and on the right is the Warcraft uh, World of Warcraft cover. And you can see that some there's some similarities here. If you look at the go into the script page to scroll down, look at the actual lawsuit itself, right? Click mm -hmm. into it to open it into another, or you, you can scroll down over there too, you'll find it over there. There's some pictures in game for the art assets, and it's remarkable. Obviously, it's a Chinese game, you know. What a surprise, you know. A lot of these Chinese games rip off American studios all the time. Oh, here we go. I found them. These are remarkable. So, we have Illidan on the right, uh, from World of Warcraft, and then we got uh, Event, Event Boss, Boss from Glorious Saga. Scroll Come down. on. We got Malfurion from Glorious Saga and Malfurion from Heroes of the Storm. They didn't even change the name this time. That's impressive. Yeah. Orc Warlock. Yep, yep. It's just so remarkable to me that like Chinese game developers think they can get away with this. Like, they can't get away with it, but like the mentality. They released this game in the West. It's not just a China only game. If this was a China only game, yeah, obviously no one, nobody's going to give a shit, right? But they, they have the audacity to advertise this game in the West. All right. It's so obviously ripping off assets. And and the, the remarkable thing is it's by a company called Cena Games. I mean, obviously, most of you guys have never heard of Cena Games. But Cena is a, I think it's a multi-billion dollar publicly traded company in America. Okay, this, this Chinese company is listed in the U.S. is worth like three, $3 billion. It's not like a tiny company. So it's just weird to see a multi-billion dollar Chinese game developer. Even they have no, uh, they give no bones about ripping off Blizzard. You know, the only Chinese companies that, that isn't going to do it is Tencent. Tencent will never release a game that straight up copies and pastes uh, copyrighted content because they're 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 four hundred billion dollar company. At that size, they actually care about copyrights and they actually work with Blizzard too. And I think I don't think we'd ever see. Um, I don't think Netties would outright rip them off, but Netties has made some very questionable games with them. Remember that, remember that Fortnite I think clone Netties they made? Would, it doesn't mind. I don't think Netties would do it because they're worth like forty billion as well. But they would they wouldn't do what we're what we're seeing from Cena in this video. I think the big companies like Tencent. Would do it locally in China, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it overseas. Tencent would, I don't think Tencent would do it in China. I either. think Tencent would release a, a copy ripoff in China, no. but they wouldn't release it worldwide. Nah. I think Tencent actually. Uh, Tencent has the official rights, like all the, all the the for Naruto, for example, in China. So all Naruto games in China that that use official Naruto assets have to be through Tencent. But there's like a hundred Naruto games in China on mobile that are all just knockoffs, and Tencent can't really do anything about it. They actually they paid money for the license, you know. They have the official license to all the. I think they also the guys that make uh, that own the IP for Naruto. They also own something else too. I forgot which one. Bleach. Maybe I don't know. Naruto and Bleach are both animes I, I haven't seen. They're pretty you know big ones, but I haven't seen them. I mean, yeah, Finnegan. They own League of Legends. So it's not you can't really call you know a League clone. You know, Arena Valor and uh, you know, Honor of Kings are both. They're clearly a League clone, but they own League of Legends. You can't really clone your own game. You know, it's not a problem to clone your own game. Wow, wow, League is toxic. Listen, I I'm still blown away. This whole this toxicity thing. People, I mean, I'll say for the post game because there was a bit of a discussion on Final Fantasy XIV whether some certain actions because they're toxic or not. And I was blown away that like 55% of people thought it was toxic. But maybe maybe post game discussion. I got one quick stat, then we can move to post game. We got nothing right. else. So, Pokemon Go, you guys remember that, right? It was like it was it was like something we all tried for like a hot minute, you know, like three years ago. Yeah. In August of 2019, okay, this game made 110 million dollars in revenue. That's a lot. It's a lot of a lot of a lot of money. It's still making over 100 million a year. How is that possible? I, if it's I, I think it's gonna make more money if it hasn't already than every other Pokemon game combined. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I yeah, 100 percent. Just it just boggles my mind that you know these games are out there struggling to make you know money MMOs, but and these mobile games are just bringing the money you know hand over fist. Yeah, and the Fire Emblem Fire Emblem uh, Heroes game has made more money than every Fire Emblem game combined. Literally all of them added together, the mobile game has made more money. I have not tried Pokemon Masters, but the, another Pokemon mobile game did come out, and I, remember, I do know that. It's so bad. It's, well, I'm not surprised. It's just another. It's nothing quite like Pokemon. It's just weird. Like they they had this like gotcha game, but like it's not like it's not Pokemon. I mean, yes, you have the Pokemon characters, but like, when are they gonna make a mainline Pokemon game for a mobile with like multiplayer battling? You know, that's all they gotta do. Make a. a it, they have the formula right there. 
They're going to make billions to make a good mainline Pokemon game with easy-to-do online ladder right then and there on mobile. And the only That's way all to buy Pokeballs is, uh, you know, cash uh, out. There you go. Ching. I like it, Gary the Giraffe. It's like a Chinese, but it's made by Dena, some Japanese company. So it, it, the, the the gameplay style doesn't feel like a Pokemon game. Yeah, you have the Pokemon characters, but it's just weird. Though I know, I know she's been playing that one uh, quite a bit, so she likes it. She's a full-on mobile gamer lately, playing a lot of mobile games. I think we're all going to be mobile gamers sooner. Yeah, honestly, guys, it's it's inevitable. It's like that. It's it's like Thanos, right, from Infinity War. Thanos, mobile gaming is inevitable. You know. Japan embraced it. China embraced it. South Korea embraced it. The only people holding out are Americans and Europeans. I, we're, we're a few years behind on the adoption curve, though. I think Americans and Europeans are going to play mobile games just as much as, you know, Asians soon. Uh, Shoop, so I think she still plays Pokemon Go. She, she tweeted recently her, her playtime on her phone. She's got like 40 hours played on Pokemon Masters, like literally within like four days after it came out. So she's been playing nonstop. Nice. There you go, Nominos. You're already there. I think you made a good point, though, Altai, with uh, like mobile games and stuff. Like the, the pacing that we're used to as adults, you know, we're all a little bit older here, with how long it takes to level up, how long it takes to get gear, that we're used to from playing EverQuest, World of Warcraft, you know, and more modern games. Like that pacing is normal to us, right? But if you're like a 12 year old kid and you're, you're playing, uh, you know, Perfect World Mobile in America and the game plays itself and you're leveling up five times every, every hour or, you know, 10 times an hour, like that's normal to you, right? Yeah, I think there's nothing. So there's nothing inherently correct about the pacing we're used to versus any other pacing. So, so mm -hmm. kids who grew up with fast-paced games, like where you level up every five seconds, that will be mm -hmm. the norm for them. And then so they won't see it as a problem or issue. They, they'll prefer that. Mm -hmm. It is we're used to uh, slow and new games. There's, oh. there's nothing inherently better about slower or faster. It's just what we're used to. There is a, one, other, one story I want to bring up, industry-related. Mm -hmm. So we all heard about Google Stadia kind of doing their little streaming thing. Uh, EA has announced a test for their streaming service. They're doing one too now? Yeah, they announced it on Medium. Right? I know you love this website. <sighs> EA didn't even announce it on their website. <laughs> they released it on Medium, all right? Uh, basically, mm. there's a test. It's free to sign up and try it. It's um, cloud-powered future, blah, blah, blah. You can play FIFA or Madden and Titanfall on their... It's called, I like the name. It's called Project Atlas. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, so, so eh. shtick. Uh I do think it's going to be like probably another generation before we get uh, the streaming stuff. So 10 years, I say. So 2030, we're going to be all streaming our games, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll say 10 years is still. Until then, not going to happen. I think 10 years, even you and me will have uh, you know playing games through streaming. So there it is. Uh, I know there's some people that are still naysayers. Like, my internet is not strong enough. It, it, it's always funny when these when, when stories like this come out. All the people who are like, well, I live in a, in a trailer in the middle of the forest, and I only have DSL. Well, okay, dude, that's great. But you are not the majority of people. So that's always something you got to keep in mind. Not everything is meant for everyone. It's coming. Get ready. Let's get, get ready, boys. We're ready. All right. Ready for the streaming? Well, with that, we're going to finish recording, maybe not streaming, and move on to the post-game. So if you want to know what Altai's most embarrassing fap was, you're going to have to watch the post-game clip on Twitch. Yep, that question, yep. we did not forget that question. All right. All right. Take it easy. Later for you, too. So, Altai.